Welcome. 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 To views from the bridge. 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 This season, it seems like it's been Philly versus everybody. Do we want to be a good team or do we want to be great? Shabelka. Back to Fontana again. Good ball, Matt Riel. Good combination. Shabelka. Back for Shabelka. He'll see now. Shabelka. What a goal. Oh, boy. And he dips the old on your bike. Ten years of calling. Pretty a dupe as you're going to see in any old opening back. Derek I want you to take the field and remember two things tonight. Number one, this is our house. And number two, this is now our conference. It's Philly or nothing. Hey guys, welcome to Views from the Bridge, a podcast where a lot of us forget to record sometimes or not. You know, because we haven't been doing this for a while. I'm your host, as Mathematically proven to be most of the time a true statement, Evan Valella. Uh, and before I introduce my friends, love to thank our sponsors, Beautiful Game Network Podcast, uh, Icarus FC, Roughneck Scarves, for uh, putting up with all that. Because that's a lot. Man, if only they knew what happened before we started recording. Which was a lot of Chuck not recording. Anyway, hey, uh, Evan Valella, hey, you know. a, bunch of our, uh, a bunch of my friends joining me, it's all of them. Uh, Justin Ashcraft is here. Hey, Evan, what is up with you? Hey, uh, I just talked to you uh, yesterday, which is funny. Mm-hmm. Yes, we yeah, did. So that's exciting. Uh, nothing's changed well, since fun. we last spoke, so that's always a fun time. Uh, also here, the hyena laughter of our group, the uh, person that sprays people with a hose and sees what happens most of the time, it's Paul Coutinho Jr. I'm just spraying and praying, yeah. you know? Yeah. Aren't we all... Aren't we all... That's how... Sounds like the way I play Fortnite. Mm. Spray and pray. Mm. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Sounds like the way I try to drink most of the time. It's like Steve Austin. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are you people? I don't know. Chuck Booth, who are we you? Are. <laughs> um, I am apparently an IT support professional who can't choose the right audio device <laughs> on his computer. So. Oh. I haven't seen a better self-dunk than that time Vince Carter put his arm through the hoop. <laughs> I mean... IT IT work is essentially just Google. I feel like. Yeah. So. Everyone, everyone, let's get ready. Let's line up and take shots on. Hey, I'm, Paul, no, I mean, honestly, I said I I've spent a lot of today um, doing mock interviews for like um, people going through a training program, and I was like, and one one common question that's asked is if you don't know the if you don't know how to solve a problem, how would you go about solving it? And so in the feedback, I'm like hey, it's okay to tell people that you would use Google because it is a resource that's available to you while you're helping someone. Mm-hmm. I only say that, Evan. I'm not taking shots at Chuck. I was a IT help desk person for a season of my life, which was mostly just Google. Was that 16 like, episodes? How long was your season? <laughs> 20, 24. Mm-hmm. 24 seasons. Wait, you were an IT episodes. professional at Keith or Sutherland? Correct. That's amazing. That's amazing. He's on fire today. Going. The clock kept going. It kept going. Tick, 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 tick. Yeah, yeah. Hey, speaking of things that kept going, uh, Justin, you and I talked to Mark McKenzie, and Chuck and Paul here had had a listen. Um, Yeah, good stuff when you talk to your your boy, number four, Mark McKenzie. Paul was the only one that listened. No, he said your name too. Yeah, no, I got you. You're just unless you're just unless honest. you're admitting to not listening to it. Thanks for supporting uh, the podcast. I I did listen. Me right. listening was the reason that we did not start this podcast on time today. That's true. Do we ah, ever, we nice. never start our podcast? We don't. Time. We really don't. So here's Justin and I talking to Mark McKenzie from uh, from May 28, joining us now this time on your second favorite Philadelphia Union podcast, Views the Bridge. It's your number four, Mark McKenzie. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm all right, man. It's always always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, it's very strange that I have, in some way, shape, or form, known you since 2016. Yeah, just about. Blows my mind. How <laughs> oh, things gosh. have changed. You've done so many great things with your life, but I've still just kind of existed. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Uh, you know, just uh, soccer, man. That's about it for me. <laughs> you just got to put your head down and play your game, and then whatever happens after that's sort of a bonus. Exactly, exactly. So, 
so let's talk about it. Uh, you were previously, I know you, you joined the, the pre-academy when, when Coach Curtin was the coach there, but before that you were at uh, Hokusun. Mm-hmm. which was then like Delaware Rush. And then I guess you played for one of their more like upper level, like Wilmington Rangers sides. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, obviously those were like weird developmental years. I know you've, you've done interviews in the past where you said you were just kind of bigger than everybody else, but how important were those years for you? And then how did the, the union pre-academy kind of find you? Yeah. So, I mean, um, at I had kind of grown a little bit faster, you know, than anticipated being my dad is kind of, kind of short. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, you know, coming in to Hokessen, I was probably, uh, I was probably, I was like 10. Yeah. It was like 10 or 11. Um, and a lot of kids were just small technical kids and the team was kind of based on that. Um, nobody's really that fast. Nobody really said I like that. And then I come along and this tall kid just running around, you know, running past guys. My mm-hmm. technique definitely wasn't where, some of them were, but uh, you know, at the same time, I just kind of used uh, what I had and, and made do with it. And as I got closer to the pre academy, um, it was then that they moved uh, Ian Monroe and Jim Curtin, and they had uh, discussed. They're like, "Listen, you know, we don't say see you as a striker anymore," uh, which was a culture mm-hmm. shock for me. You know, after scoring goals and you know and being the glory position, um, <laughs> you know, you go to to the dirty work of being a center back. Uh, it's the no love position it feels like uh, right but yeah uh, from there it was just developing in, in other areas of my game you know again I was still one of the bigger guys but I also understood that that wasn't going to last for a while or for at least much longer um, so I had to, to really focus on developing my game in other areas and there'd be passing and you know aerial duels or uh, dribbling or you know, positioning, body positioning, you know, little things like that. You know, Jim, he, he played the position, so he, he took me under his wing uh, in a way and, and, and helped me with that. You know, uh, Tommy Wilson, Ian Monroe, these are guys, Chris Brewer, you know, Jeff Cook, mm-hmm. all guys who I have really great relationships with now, um, you know, helped develop me and push me, you know, to, to make sure I didn't plateau. So, you know, thankful for, for the amount of resources, you know, high-level resources I've had so far. Well, obviously, like, um, you know, coming through the academy and different things like that, you had you had kind of the potential to kind of stay, you know, stay in the academy, stay steel, go kind of straight through, but um, decided to commit to Wake Forest. What kind of went into that decision for you of, of deciding to go to Wake and, and kind of do that instead of going straight through at Philly? Uh, there were a lot of things, you know, I thought about. Um you know, some family stuff and, and just some personal things, you know, and figuring out where I was at with, with you know, my career so far. Um, you know, I've always dreamed of being a professional athlete, and I got a taste of that. Um, playing with the Steel, you know, at a younger, younger age, you know, 16, making my Steel debut, and, and from there kind of coming up and, and getting taste of uh, trainings with the first team, training with the Steel on a weekly basis, you know, and traveling with them. And, um at that point, it was like the decision to try to stay in Philly and, and continue to grow in the, the club or, you know, kind of take a different direction, uh, a different path. Um, ultimately, I chose that and, you know, it was difficult because, again, you know, it's everybody has their own. Everybody has their own path. So you can't really, you know, put one guy in a box, you know, and say, oh, well, if you don't go here, then you're not going to achieve that. You know, you see with, you know, other guys in the academy and Anthony and, and Brendan and, Matt Real and Trusty, who was here um, previously, you know, Derek Jones, you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. Jonesy signed fresh out of during high school and signed with the Steel. Trusty was going to go to UNC and ultimately decided to, to sign with the first team right right before he had to leave, you know. Uh, so it was just, it was a lot of things, you know, going on. Um, and I, again, I had to really sit down with myself and understand that college, you know, was important to me, you know, and still is to this day, just in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but to, to have that experience and to step away from my family and be away from my my loved ones for so long, you know, forced me to mature and become more independent. Not saying that I wasn't, um, but this is just a different kind of independence. You know, you gotta mm-hmm. know learn how to manage, you know, classes and and also go to make sure you're playing high level football. Um, understanding that if you're not taking care of your classes, you're not gonna play. Um, you know, right. Managing managing your body. And your time, you know, uh, when there's so many distractions going on around you, you know, parties and 
girls and all these other things going on, you know, that you want to do and you just got to really dial in. I think it was important for me to be in that realm um, and so to really sit down and understand where I wanted to be and what I wanted to achieve. And um, although being with the steel probably would have helped me in a different way, um, I think that going to college and going to wait for the semester, you know, helped me tremendously. Um, so it's, uh, it's tough to say that I, I, I personally wouldn't go back and change anything. Um, you know, and I'm thankful for that experience of being there. Um, and ultimately I feel like that independence has helped me mature much faster than I possibly would have, you know, if I, if I hadn't gone. So, you know, it's kind of my, uh, my, my two cents on, on that experience and that, that path I took. And I mean, family is a huge part of basically everything that you do. Um, although I'm a little upset that we haven't seen your dad try to come out <laughs> for a game. Yeah. Um, although he's, he's threatened to do so. Um, and you know, and it's a weird thing too, because there's so many other factors, I think as fans or media or whatever, where it's, there's a little bit of a stigmatism about the college game and guys, you know, coming up from the super draft and then getting to be established in MLS. And then I think there's also, um, in some ways, a little bit of a reputation for the, the organization the union where if guys go off to college, they come back and then it's like, well, you know, how committed are you? Or we don't really have a place for you and, and things like that. Like, you know, obviously Real did the same thing you did with Wake. Uh, Freeze went to an Ivy League school, Harvard or whatever, and is smarter mm-hmm. than all of us combined, you know? And, and so were there, you know, was there pushback from, from the club? Was there your, your family kind of saying, hey, it would be a little weird if you didn't do the whole traditional college thing and kind of just did the whole, you know, straight professional athlete and didn't have any, like, higher education? Where was the sort of – how many voices were happening in, in your head at one time and, and what kind of, you know, range of responses were you getting when you were going through all this? No, I think, you know, as a young professional, you're going to have – voices all over the place you know whether it be on social media whether it be your family your friends you know those surrounding you know your coaches and teammates um but i think it's important to be able to dial that stuff out um, and kind of tune into yourself you know because at the end of the day the only person who's going to genuinely and look out for, genuinely look out for you no matter what is yourself you know right. um and uh, as much as people may may feel a certain way and they support you you know they can still switch on you at that last mm. moment so um, you know, again, I had people telling me, you know, different things and they're, they're two cents on, on what I thought I should do. Um, but my family have been really, they, they've been really good about instilling in me early on that no matter what decision I make, they'll support me. Um, and ultimately this is my life and they're not going to live their lives through me. Um, you know, and to make sure that I am putting my best foot forward, um, because, you know, it's okay to make a mistake, but it's, even more important to learn from that mistake, you know, if you do make it. So right. um, they, they allow me to live my life um, and, and they offer their wisdom and the guidance that they can, you know, from the mistakes they've made in the past um, as any right. parent, you know, would. Um, and ultimately they just allow me to, to make decisions, you know, and again, they'll, they'll tell me when they feel like, you know, you know, that's, that's a little sketchy, you know, uh, it's a little shaky, but again, it's, uh, right. it's your life. So, you know, we're going to support you and help you mm. do it. Um, and I think that was what really helped me um, with that with that decision making process, you know, and yeah. making sure that I made the decision for myself and not for somebody else. You know, again, my family are big on on education. You know, they did something mm. that, that nobody can take away. You know, God forbid I, right. I lose my ability to play football. Um, I have my intelligence, my 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 brains are, are what gonna is what's gonna help me. You know, down the line. So, um, and it's helped me in my football tremendously as well. Um, mm. So. I think that's, uh, you know, I, I'm very appreciative to have to have parents in my life and a family who, who allow me to live my life uh, and not live their life through me. Can you explain that a little bit, like the connection between the way that education helps you kind of on the field or, or in your football career? Like, how does that education play into that? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think everybody's a different learner um, and understanding what kind of learner I was. Uh, I'm a visual learner, you know, I like to see things. And when I see things, it clicks much faster than if I hear it. Um, so I, I process things in, in that way. Um, or if I do hear something, I, instantly it's an image in my head that pops up and now I'm trying to apply it in that manner. So, you know, in classes, for example, if you're able to see something, 
you know, or and study something, you know, and that picture is able to stick in your brain. Now, when you go into a situation when you need it, you know, that image pops up and now you're able to see it and apply it um, in the same way in football. You know, when you are in a situation and let's say a striker is, you know, you know, a striker likes to, to make those those uh, off the, the back shoulder runs, you know, knowing that, OK, if he likes to make a back shoulder run, maybe I'll check him before he even makes that that movement. Um, and picturing that in my head, you know, picturing these situations um, and applying it, you know, when Jim or, or the assistants say something uh, at halftime or an adjustment they want to make, can't necessarily see it. But none of these words go into my brain. I'm able to process it in an image and now apply it um, when we get back all onto the pitch. So that's just for me, you know, again, everybody's a different learner. Uh, but mm -hmm. I think education in that way has, has helped me, um, you know, in my IQ uh, for understanding the game. And it's so crazy to me. I think a lot of times the human aspects of, of athletes especially gets kind of shoved to the wayside. And I, I think there's definitely a tendency to forget that you guys are, you know, people with emotions and, and, you know, you have thoughts other than, you know, trying to kick a ball 30 yards in the back of the net or whatever. <laughs> and, and what's even weirder for me with, with, you know, the, the Philly five or you, you Academy guys coming up is that like, you were playing at a high level where you were either, you know, at the top of the academy or with steel or, or breaking the first team a little bit. You were like in classes and then occasionally you guys were trading with the first team. So like, what was the balance like between, okay, um, I like suck at geometry and um, I'm trying to be a professional athlete and also like Alejandro Bedoya or like this James Chambers or like this other 30 year old wants to talk about like mortgages and I'm just scrolling from TikTok. <laughs> yeah it's it's an interesting dynamic because every locker room again is different so I think for us we have a nice balance of the youth and the vets um you know the young guys and the the older guys um as as a young guy coming up in that in that space it's you know, it gets complicated sometimes because you hear so many different conversations going on. And you're right. like, oh, man, I got a test tomorrow. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Like, I got to go, <laughs> right. you know? Um, but I think, you know, as long as you have – I think it helped me personally having guys around me who were on the same mission or a similar mission mm. uh, to, mm. to ultimately play at the highest level of football as possible um, and making sure that you hold each other accountable. You know, like, oh, we carpool from the school right after classes. We go and go down to the stadium and train with the steel, and then we come back. Right. Where we, you know, have a space at the stadium to, to work on, to work at and, and to take the test. So they have a professor come down, um, you know, and I'm thankful to, to, for YSC Academy in, in that sense, because they were very flexible in helping us, you know, to achieve our off the field endeavors as well. Um, but again, having guys around me, I think really helped me um, and understanding like, listen, we're on a similar mission. Um, but at the same time, we have another mission and that's to, to make sure we, we, we do well in school. Um, mm -hmm. And again, they, they were very flexible and communicated very well with us and making sure that we were on top of our stuff. Um, so. Obviously, um, I think, you know, you kind of alluded to it earlier, you coming through, you know, as a young kid and you're taller than everybody, you're bigger than everybody. Um, obviously to get to the place where you are today in a lot of contexts where you would have played soccer, you probably were one of the best two players on the field. Um, how, how does that, um, how does that affect your decision-making? Like your decision to go to Wake, your decision to come back, all, all this kind of stuff. How does that, how does like being a talented athlete, um, obviously Ev and, Ev and I do not have this experience of being talented athletes. So how do you, how does that play into your decision-making? <laughs> no, I mean, always being humble. I think humility is an important, you know, uh, trait for any footballer to have, especially a young footballer, you know, because you can, be the cream of the crop, you know, the top player in the academy. And then you go into the first team and then you are the bottom feeder, you know. Mm. And now you are having to work your way to the top, you know, again. Um, but also the in the back of your head, understanding that somebody is coming to take your spot and that things can happen so fast that, that you can't get complacent. Um, mm. So I think it's all all three of those things kind of kind of played a, a part, you know, in that whole – period of time for me um you know knowing uh again there's a not even now I look and I'm like there's some academy football I'm like gee this kid was better than me when I was when I was right, right. now I gotta continue to develop my game in that sense um yeah. 
because ultimately he's trying to take my spot, and that's that's what it's about at this level. You know, somebody's coming to take your spot. You're trying to take somebody else's spot, and it's a never-ending process. Um, so I think understanding each of those things, it helped me um, during that time. And, you know, like, look, this is the game of football. I mean, it's the only thing I can control is, is what I do on the field, you know, how I handle myself as a professional. Um, and then going to to wake, I was like, look, you know, when I, even when I go here, uh, ultimately my dream is to play professional football. Um, and I took a different route, but that doesn't mean that I just because I took a different route, I can't get to that spot. So it just helped force me to raise my game that much more. Um, you know, force me to to grow off the field and mature off the field. Where you know I look around and guys who were, you know, my age or came up together were the cream of the crop players and the top players getting picked for this, that, and the other. And now mm-hmm. they're off the map you know they're off the grid Uh, sure so you know I think it's an important balance in the two off the field and on the field Um, and and those three things I mentioned you know before uh, making sure you're 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 in tune with them well and it's funny because I think you know naturally over a career everybody has that but I, I think it's really interesting that you've kind of seen both sides of that coin or at least outside looking in um in pretty quick succession. I mean, you know, 2018, you were saying those guys where they get nominated and they get some accolades, you know, U20 captain, homegrown, rookie of the year nomination. You know, to 2019, where it's you're sort of kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit and not to put it as, because it's not, a you battling trusty from a, you know, anything other than on the field, but it's got to be a little weird for you knowing that I played with this guy for 10 years. A lot of times we were center back partners and now, you know, the high of 2018 to then 2019, you kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit. How did you, I guess, was there anything you can point to in 2018 that went right? And then how did you take kind of having to take a a, a back seat in, in 2019? Uh, yeah. So again, 2018, you know, the, all the accolades and, and how fast things happen for me. Mm. Um, I think 2019 was an important year for me. Uh, you know, in a sense of, I now was out of the picture. I was on the outside looking in, um, and had to, to reassess things came in from wake and knew I had to scrap and, and fight my way mm. to, to earn a spot, um, had earned that spot and tried to maintain it for as long as possible. Um, and then 2019 coming in with high hopes, uh, but understand the game of football can change just like that. As I, as I mentioned right. in the, the previous question, you know, things happen, you know, picked up injury at the end of the preseason, then mm. ready and then picked up another injury and then back and ready. And the team's doing well. And that's just how it goes. You know, when the team's doing right. well, things aren't going to change as, as often as you want them to. But again, at the end of the day, all I can control is me. Uh, I'm enforced to, the, you know, force the coaches to make a decision, you know, make sure that I'm putting my best foot forward each day in training, um, forcing the guys next to me, no matter who's starting, if I'm starting or Jack starting or trusty or not Jacob, right. whoever it is, making sure that they're ready for the opportunity. Cause no, I'm right behind you. I'm coming for that mm-hmm. spot. If I'm not in that spot already and knowing that if I'm in that spot, somebody else is coming to, to pull me back, right. you know? So it's that, that balance of, of understanding it. And, uh, you know, I think is 2019 taking a knock and taking a, a step back. You know, I was extremely blessed to be to receive the accolades and, and all that and, and everything, but that comes with the the hard work and whatnot comes behind the scenes. Um, so it was. I think it was never a matter of anything personal between anybody on the field. Sure. Um, sure. It was it was much more of a professional attitude and how we went about mm-hmm. business. You know, making sure that everybody was prepared for that and, and ready for the the chance when your name is called. Um, because that cycle is coming again, you know, somebody right. else is going to take your spot. So it was, uh, I think, again, uh-huh. 2018 was great, and it gave me a taste of, of you know, hopefully um, even more that's, that it will come in the future. Um, but 2019 was that step back and understanding, look, uh, you're great, but in order to maintain that, that, that ability and that, that mm-hmm. potential path you see yourself on, this is, is what it's going to take. Even on the field, what are um, what are some of the biggest like things that you've learned kind of in the last couple of years as you as you progress through some of that? And then kind of second question, I, we we 
you know, talked to talked to Ray a couple of weeks ago and kind of asked him the question from the other end of how do you how do you mentor? But what do you learn from guys like Ray, guys like uh, Aurelian Collin, who've been around a long time? How do you how do you use them um, as a young player coming up through too? Yeah, no. So to the first question you asked about, you know, on the field and what it takes, uh, it comes down to consistency, you know, um, you know, and going day in and day out, putting, again, putting your best foot forward, making sure that each day is a day you got better. You know, it's not going to be great every day. Um, mistakes are going to happen. You know, you're going to have off days and whatnot. Making sure that when you have an off day, you recover with and you, you bounce back from that. Um, and the same goes on the field, you know, when you're playing in, in matches. It's not going to always be a great game for you, but making sure, as Jim always says, you do the simple things extremely well, making sure I'm passing to the right foot, making sure I'm positioning myself to end the play, making sure I'm, you know, clearing the ball properly, making sure my clearances have height and, and, and distance, um, you know, just the simple things that you can control. Um, and then off the field, just preparing, you know, my body, you know, doing, I think the biggest thing coming into it was managing the length of the season. You know, for myself, it was, you know, making sure I'm maintaining in the gym, making sure that I'm going to injury prevention, making sure I'm seeing the trainers, communicating with them, making sure my diet is right, making sure that I'm foam rolling and stretching ice baths, you know, all these different aspects of being a professional. There's so many things that you get that kind of get thrown on at you at one time, um, but absorbing it and, and applying it because it's extremely valuable, you know, at the beginning of the year. You know, I kind of was like, all right, cool. It's, you know, started doing it and, and whatnot. And I was like, I'm young, so I'll bounce back. No problem. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, middle of the year comes the summer. And now the heat and fatigue, all these things pick up on you training day in, day out. Matches pick up on you. And then you start to, you know, your body wears down a little bit because you're not maintaining that. Um, and then 2019 was that year for me where it was, all right, I really need to pick up in these aspects, you know. Mentally, I needed to grow. You know, it was great. But what happens when you're not in the 18? What happens when you're benched? Or what happens when you're away from the team for so long? The team's doing well. Um, all these things that help me prepare to, to hopefully get to where I want to be. Um, so I learned a lot of lessons in those the first uh, the first two years uh, of my career so far. Um, and then to your second question, talking with these guys who've been in the position I've been in at one time, at one point in time, you know, and, and Ray, Colin, Ale, you know, Harris Madunian in last year, you know, you know, numerous guys. Mo would do. He took me under his wing when I was just uh-huh. 16, you know, coming and training with the first team. Beat me up a lot for sure, but, you know, <laughs> it was <laughs> definitely worth it. Um, Gucci and Yewu, you know, so Charlie uh-huh. Davies, Chris Pine, all these guys who who were had played at the top, uh, top levels um, in different in different realms. Um, and now to have them in, in one facility, you know, one, one area, uh, pick their brains, you know, because, again, they – they had been there before, and I wanted to know what it took. And they just reiterated, look, it's consistency. It's making sure you're doing the hard, the, the, the dirty work, making sure that behind the scenes you're doing the work, making sure you're studying the game, making sure that you're going into atmospheres, not fearing, but making sure you're you're putting your best, with, making sure you're dominant, you know, in whatever way you can possibly be, making sure that the coaches and the players know who you are and remember you for your game um, because those those impressions will, will last. So... Um, I think having those guys around me has definitely helped me tremendously, you know, as well as the coaching staff and whatnot. But, you know, I think guys who are closer to you in, in you know, in the playing career or in age or whatever it is, I think listening to them and hearing their experiences and trying to, to learn from that um, has helped me get to where I am now. And, you know, I'll continue to, to pick their brains and, and learn about what it takes to continue to grow. Uh, Mark, you've been gracious with your time. If I may, I have three sort of quick hit questions for you. Mm-hmm. One, what is the most unexpected song on the Mark McKenzie pregame playlist? Uh huh. Unexpected. Um, What's one that you're like? Why do I have this on? Is there is there a song in your pregame playlist that you're like? I need to get this out of here. Hang on, let me check real quick. Right on. Check my playlist. We're gonna find out in real time. I hope you say no now, just to really kill the anticipation. Yeah, because sometimes I'll, I'll look in here and I'll find a song or two, that's and then you never slower. take it out. That's my thing. I'm always like, oh, I gotta get that out of there, and then I never do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I found and then you're that. just stuck with a weird. You're like, that doesn't work in here. Yeah, you know, you listen to these upbeat songs, and next thing you right. know, it's just. I think uh, somehow, somehow, what song was it? It was 
a slow song. I think it was, what is it? Is this one right here? Did I take it out? I might have taken it out. I think it was Good like a, a Taylor Swift or something that ended up <laughs> in my, that ended up my playlist. And I was like, maybe I was looking for another artist or something, but yeah. But yeah, it was a Taylor Listen, Swift. Listen, you can like Taylor Swift. Swift. There's no shame. Look, hey, I'm not you knocking it. It's all right. Swift, it's hey, all right. I'm not knocking it at all. But for my pregame playlist, personally, right, I, right. I can't, I can't You don't want to go run through a wall where you're listening to this girl talk about her 20 exes. I got you. Yeah, exactly, you know. The second one, I got to know, there is no current, for many reasons, there is no current really good dance goal celebrations player on the Philadelphia Union that we are aware of, at least. Who's who is gunning for that title? All right, so we all know Fafa. He's the the yeah. the, the bachata, you know. Yeah. Um, he was he was that guy. So, I mean, we have a few dancers in the group. Uh, okay. Is it Sergio? Wanna, you can just say it's Sergio. I'm not gonna go giving away names yet. You know, I think once okay. we, all right. I think I think once the goals start rolling in, y'all y'all are gonna see. Just to who the real dancers wow. are, so you know I'll uh, I'll leave it at that. I think I think you nothing guys have, nothing like yeah, a striker turned center back just really being like wait for the goals to roll in, guys. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Listen, yeah. you guys don't have to worry, but you know just know that we got well, several guys lined up. Mark, Mark, what I'm worried about, I'm worried about <laughs> you scoring like Brendan did, and then trying to get all of your celebrations in, and I just oh. I don't want that for you because we love Brendan. Right, right. No, He's a good no, kid. No, no, but no. like we, that was a lot. You it know, was, it's like, a lot of celebrations. Act like you've been there before. You got, you got to play it cool. So yeah, you know, yeah. trust me. If you're preparing for this, you know, and you know, even in the quarantine, you know, making sure that when I score, I'm not getting rambunctious. Right. Making right. sure I'm cool, calm, and collected. You get on a little hot streak in Fortnite or FIFA, and you're like, I gotta, I gotta calm down. You know, just like all right, bang. Yeah. Final two in Warzone. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Let's get the dub, and we keep happy moving. to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, there's a wonderful video the club put out in 2018 of you mic'd up in practice, which, by the way, both times they've done that, you have loudly yelled, I'm wearing a microphone, which is very considerate of you. Um, absolutely, absolutely. There's a lot, of, a lot of people that are no longer with the team that said you're trash, so we'll take that as it comes. What was interesting to me is that you were talking to Matt uh, Rial about wanting to get a sleeve done. Uh-huh. And I don't think you've started it yet. I have not. I have not. You, you, you know, caught I've yourself for... while you were saying this, while you were, you're way too good at knowing that you're wearing a microphone. Of course. You say that and then you immediately go, oh man, my mom's probably watching this. Yeah, she's probably watching. She's, uh, is that she's the biggest like... barrier to getting a tattoo? Because I'm going to be honest. As long as you like make the first one about your family, you're set. Honestly, I've yeah. gotten to a point now yeah. where I think she, she's, she's finally come to grips with it. You know, okay. I'm not gonna lie. She's, she's definitely come to grips with it. Um, but also, you know, now I'm 21. I'm grown. You know, I'm an adult. Right. right. You can do what you want. I right. didn't want to just say that because I, you know, I know, no, no, no. you know, you're like, I knew, I, I was, a, I felt, I felt the vibe. You know, I, I knew where you were going. I yeah, yeah. Just, I'll say it for you because I don't. <laughs> you know, like she's not going to not cook food for me because she wasn't planning on it anyway. You know, so it's so, fine. I got you. Look, I, I love mom, but look, the tattoo is coming. So I got it. Right. I got an artist in mind. I got some some ideas okay. already in my phone. Okay. Um. So you know, once. So you, by twenty twenty two, we'll see the we'll see the ink. I'm thinking about twenty twenty one. Wow. I mean, right now there's a little weird kind of roadblock for it, but you know. Well, yeah, you know, like just. I got you. Yeah, you know what I mean. I can't, you know, because I got to see it, and then see it's it's all about the line work, my man. Because if is. that's garbage, then you're never gonna live that down. Right, right. So I think I think you know once uh if first one starts off very well, then the trend is just yeah. gonna pick up even more. It's just that's it. That's oh, a floodgate from there for sure. Yeah, for sure. Justin, anything else for the lovely and talented and charming Mark McKenzie? No, no, I won't. I won't put him on the spot for anything. But thanks for thanks for joining us. Nah, for sure, for sure. You guys for having me. You know, appreciate uh, appreciate you guys taking me on here and uh, you know, got to catch up with you guys. You know, can't be in person, but it's a little something. Anytime, my man. Anytime. Well, you guys, uh, you guys take care and uh, stay safe. And hopefully, we see you out there soon enough, man. And that's the goal. So, Lord knows if I could. <laughs> Me both. <laughs> Me both. All right. See you, boss. All right. See All you, right, man. See you guys. 
Okay, and we're back. And I don't know where that left off. That'll be a fun Justin editing trick. So, guys, thoughts? Um, so, here, here's my thing. I have been around Mark a good amount, being in the locker room and hearing him do interviews and stuff. And, and you know, he is a pretty straight shooter in regards to, like, getting to the point and, you know, just kind of giving giving a lot of words so that people are like, yeah, we're fulfilled. You had a really long answer. He gave great answers on this interview. You guys did a really good job of connecting with him on a personal level, and I really liked how open he was, especially about making all those really important decisions about going to school and having all those voices in your ear that, you know, you kind of have to look out for yourself in that regard and live for yourself. And it was nice. It was nice to hear, like, a young professional athlete really, you know, put himself out there and, you know. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great – I also thought it was a great interview. I thought he um, – obviously for a young um, – I will say a young kid because yeah. I'm, like, a lot sure. older than he is – um, Sir, he said know, at the end of the interview, I'm 21, I can do what I want. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Mama can't stop me getting tattoos. You're right, no. you're right. Um, but I thought that he has the, I mean, he obviously has the intellectual capability to think through some of these decisions and some of these things mm-hmm. that, you know, leaving, leaving the academy, going to wake, you know, deciding to come back all of that kind of stuff. And, and I think, you know, I've heard other athletes say, I remember um, hearing an interview with Hugh Roberts too, talking about going to school and, and doing the college route and all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's true that everybody has their own route to success and everyone has their own way of getting there. And, and for some people that's school, for some people it's not. And it sounds like Mark appreciates and, learn from his time at wake so i appreciate that he has the wherewithal to kind of think all that through and share that with us yeah i mean he definitely like when when you see his like journey and you see that there was the year at wake and then he had to kind of fight his way back Mm -hmm. in to get a spot and work his way up to the pro he definitely got something out of that school experience like you always hear the the illusion of like if you're a college dropout you didn't gain anything from that experience like you didn't finish you still get something from it whether it's you know a tangible piece of paper or intangible qualities that you can develop about yourself i'm also pretty sure he can just get his degree from wake uh yeah virtually i don't think it's it would be a little weird to lead off with you know u.s men's national team cap haver and college dropout mark mckenzie (laughs) yes i mean (laughs) Fair enough, if you want to go that route and put put me in a really difficult position. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that the time he had in college was definitely worth it yeah. for his development as a man and as a professional athlete. And, so. and like, it's really cool seeing, I mean, him and, and Matt Freeze did it too, Matt to, to a larger extent, where it's, you know, for, for a little bit, you know, and I guess Chuck, you can probably speak to this too, it always felt like guys that left for college were just dead. Oh yeah, it's been a been a big thing that it's nice that the union are start have been coming around to wait. You can actually come back after that. Like you don't <laughs> yeah. have to just enter the draft and then. And now we don't um, have to draft you. Yeah. Um, and also one thing that was it was very good to to see in that too, was just um, really just his mentality about benchings. Because, yeah. I mean, he's someone who, because the Union have been graced with quite a lot of center back talent over the years, right. um, has been benched a lot. And every, every, but it's every single time it doesn't get him down. It's just, I'm coming for your spot. I'm going to come back. And that's a very important um, mentality to have. And also one that just makes it a lot easier to be able to, like, have him on the team with everyone Mm -hmm. here and the fact that at age 21 he's already like conscious that someone else could be gunning for his spot because he knows how deep the academy is like he's he's like not 2019 was so just wow i really can't be content or you know 
complacent in my play whatsoever. You know, like I'm in such a good position here and such a good organization that someone within the next couple of years could come up and everyone on Twitter will be like, this is the greatest defender that has ever lived to come out of the Union Academy. And he's like, dude, I'm still in my early 20s. Like, what? So, you know, like the whole he has to work his butt off every single day, you know, to get that at a young age. And that's like where your professional basis is going to build off of. You're always fighting for a spot. It's never guaranteed. It's how it's got to be. And I just even thinking about the union, like you said, Chuck, like the, the union have had like so many center backs. Like every, it seems like every time like one of those guys rotates in or rotates out, it's, you know, it's always due to, in, it, it seems like it's always due to some sort of injury. It's like, well, you got injured and then we won two games on the back of these other two center backs. So we're just going to leave them as a partnership. <laughs> and that's like, I mean, it's sort of just the way it works, right? Like you don't want to mess up something, you know, if, if two center backs are having a good pairing and they're synchronized on the field and they're playing well together. Like you don't just want to like put another center back in just to put another center back in. So I think like he does have a very realistic kind of expectation of what that looks like and how that operates and how, you know, he has to keep working and stay ready, you know, in case one of those guys goes down and he gets put right back in the lineup. So it, I mean, it's like a, it's definitely a cool thing to see him thinking through all of that. If we have one thing to thank Maurice Adu for, it was for taking Mark McKenzie under his wing at age 16 and just beating the crap out of him. Yeah, apparently. Shout out to Mo yeah. for beating him up. And I guess Gucci on Yewo, too. Um, I mean, yeah. also you have to say um, shouts to Jim Curtin. Sure. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the talent that's been through there, I now consider the center back pairings the hardest thing Jim Curtin has ever had to decide on game days because he has had so much talent well, there. Well, even for us, it was like, wait, they're selling trust? Like, why? Like, yeah, what? and it's like we didn't even we didn't even think, like, wait, we're kind of still okay here. Right, like, right. everyone rushed to the whole, you know, yes, he's been a figurehead for the past – few years or so because we've watched him develop at such a rapid well, rate and it was always and then you lose him and it was always okay, like rapid <laughs> he's developed at a colorado pace got it that's better um <laughs> but it was always like oh you know trust and and, and mark and like trust and mark and you're like okay yeah yeah and then you buy into it and that's like oh uh okay interesting <laughs> yeah and then you look at what you have left and you're going you know what and then the I whole time Mark you... was like, yeah, someone's going to take my place. I wanted to be like, and it's Ben Afimu. Uh <laughs> <laughs> He's going to do it. And, well, he's and he's the, better than you. You know that? But don't forget the whole time Jack Elliott just has to be like, I'm still here. Hello. <laughs> yeah, and that's I'm sorry I don't score. I'm sorry I don't score 40-yard free kicks against LAFC, yeah, uh, but I no. exist. <laughs> also, I think it's really funny that you can have a center back pairing of guys that used to be strikers. Yes. Yes. I mean, for- I actually was thinking through that in the inter- like during the interview yesterday, and I wanted to say something to Mark about it, but I think like the reality is like if you're a talented soccer player on a non-talented soccer team, <laughs> like if you're the best player on your team, of course you're gonna play striker. Right. Like well, that might not be your best position on like, the field, but, like, the and then the field. and then you add in that he was bigger than everyone. It's right. just like. Oh, we can get the ball forward to Mark, and he knows how to use his feet? Like, cool. Yeah, he can just, like, hold up the ball until we have five guys just sprint aimlessly up the field and go, Pass it to me now! He's like that kid that could shoot free throws in your, like, weird U9 YMCA league, where it's like, (laughs) oh, we just wait for him to, like, get fouled or whatever that means, and then success happens? Great. This is also literally how I was a center in basketball in middle school, and I am terrible at basketball. Mm, mm. <laughs> I mean, I know that in high school, Keegan Rosenberry was a 10. Take for that what you will. I mean, that's a I little mean, bit more what, understandable. On the good than look scale? His, um, Propensity to get forward. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, I feel like you never know your true position until you a get a coach that has, like, the been there and just knows how to, to 
get the best out of your, you know, intangibles. And, and that's why it was so crazy that Aaron Wheeler existed. <laughs> because he was like 30 and they're like, we don't know, we still don't know. <laughs> it's like, are you sure? Isn't that basically what Breck Shea is too? Oh, don't, we don't. Oh. In but, this house. <laughs> we don't talk about Breck, Breck Shea. Or, uh, Sorry, I guess we uh, only talk about his hairstyles. Yeah. The uh, Graham Zuzi, you just put him on the right side of the field and hope he has success somewhere over there. Yeah, the, the Vermees. You Vermees him. <laughs> hey, well, it didn't work too well for CJ. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Maybe they should have tried him at right back. Then we would have had a, a Kai Wagner, <laughs> Jack Elliott, Mark McKenzie, CJ Sabong backline. That would have been stupid. And on now you now you have fueled my reckless speculation for the week. <laughs> what could have been? Oh, I thought you were gonna start throwing out transfer rumors of CJ Sapong coming back from playing right back. <laughs> and they throw Ray up at third striker. Don't, don't, don't Evan, I just get you ideas. to do my you just do my job for me. <laughs> you gonna run like a football manager save with that with that lineup and see what happens? If I ever download the game. That's fair. I feel like that's your bread and butter, like, weird union line. Like, you'd be like, oh, here's 11 Mark McKenzie's. <laughs> it could work. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, guys, I did think it was fun that Mark has apparently... I, I, I'm going to call him out on this. I don't think he deleted that song. I think he just didn't... I don't think say. so either. I just think he didn't no. want to say that it was, like, something by Counting Crows. I think when he was looking through yeah. whatever he has his music on, he saw it and he was like, because he, he almost like revealed it, and then he's like, ah, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe I deleted oh, yeah, it's, it. It's one hundred percent still there. Yeah. What song is it, Mark? What Taylor yeah. Swift song is it? Yeah. Is it Love Story? Mm -hmm. I bet it's not. I bet it is. I bet it is. Big, Why? big, big yellow taxi sitting on his uh, pregame playlist. Mm, very good. Very good. Yeah. He's got, he's got All-Star by Smash Mouth on there. Uh. Guys, what is your weirdest uh, workout pump-up song that you have on, like, your playlist? Mine's Desperado, and I don't know why. Um, uh, that's a slow song for a workout song. Yeah, that's a little weird. That is me sitting in the gym locker room just going, we're going to do this thing. Desperado. Well, see, so okay. to be, right. to begin, I don't, work I don't out. have a workout playlist to begin with because I don't work out. Yeah, so. hey. <laughs> no physical activity, twenty twenty. Yeah. <laughs> it's just um, the joys of having a metabolism, twenty twenty. Slow peak and still I eat. I tried working out and then my back locked up, so I am done. Fair, um, fair enough. I do have a morning coffee playlist at least, so All right, I'll that's the same. Oh. Uh, I need a second to look through it. Yeah, so it's okay. I'll, you... I'll, I'll go. I uh, I have three different work playlists that if you come and visit me at work, I might be playing at any single time. Uh, one of them, in fact, includes a cover of "You're the One That I Want" by uh, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. Wow, that's, very nice. That's not very surprising. That's which, that's up which... there though. Which cover is it? It's by Lo Fang. <laughs> oh. It's very slow. You're the one that I want. Electric. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Paul is somewhere uh, else right now. <laughs> We're going to have to reboot Paul. Just trying to breathe some life into this. This me, My voice could be your workout playlist. In theory, yes, that is a possibility. Your voice could, in fact, be someone's workout playlist. Um, I hope it's when they're hitting oh. the speed bag. <laughs> Ouch. Um, actually, unfortunately, I do have a song that right. I don't actually understand why it's still on this playlist, Good. How many, considering how many years I've had it. And that's... Um, Lay it all on me by Rudimental, wow. featuring Ed Sheeran. Wow! Wow! See, we've done a really great service for the Philadelphia Union community, and that we have encouraged everyone to go look through their playlist and just remove all the whack nonsense is on there. Um, yeah, if you haven't spring cleaned your workout playlist yeah. yet, um, 
and get th on th it. This is actually now gone. There you go. Oh, yeah, wow. Do you feel better, Chuck? And there was How the visual reference. I, I feel a lot better. Reborn. Uh, Justin, what is your uh, mistake I song? I don't actually feel like I have one. All right, you're um, an elitist, and we hate you. No, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not Wow. Playlist I'm not elitist, elitist, Justin Ashcraft. Wow, I was going to explain myself for a second, but you just kind of cut in and assume something Well, you about can edit me, me oh. out, too, so that's fine. I'm not gonna let you go. I have the power. <laughs> I we you know I gave you control over this, so that was my mistake. I just typically like uh, so I don't typically have like a playlist for a specific thing like workout playlist. Mm -hmm. I do what I do is like seasonal playlists. So as the season goes, like like a like the spring. So I have a spring playlist right now. So as okay. the spring has gone on, I just add songs to it. And so by the end of the season, it's usually 50, 60, something like that songs that I've liked during that season. No, and I on my that. current list right now has anything from like EDM to rap to dashboard confessional mm. to... You feel vindicated? Yeah. Taylor Swift is on there. So I don't know. I just have so much music that I like that's just different that it's weird for me to say... Oh, that's a weird song for it to be on my playlist because it's not really that weird for it to be on my playlist. It's no fun. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you want the current one, I like maybe I have a cover of "Rewrite the Stars" from what? Uh, um, Greatest Showman on that list, and I also have the acoustic version of Cornelia Street that Taylor Swift released last week. There you go. Mm. <laughs> so much Taylor Swift love, yeah, it's man. Almost uh, right. Yeah, this is this is fine, I guess. You know what, Mark? Leave it on there. Yeah, I don't man, care I, what song it is. If there's anything that Mark if you put it on take away from probably not listening to this. Dude, sometimes <laughs> sometimes as a center back you need, you know, shake it off on your on your playlist. That's it. You need That's to shake off those off the, the back runs that those pesky forwards yes. are going to make. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can go back once the ball's back at the center line. You know, he's in the middle of your head. You're singing, shake it off, shake it off. You got a... Or it, all the or it was, gonna I hate, knew hate, you were hate. trouble when you walk in. You got some <laughs> and open that was space when Jacob came and on you're going to hit the ball off the frame. Because Mark McKenzie only scores bar down. Bar down. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is um, a conversation from the views from the bridge cast. It's been enlightening. I feel better for it. I hope you do. Um, a real, an yes. actual real soccer question. Yep. Actually, technically I have two because a couple of interesting things have come out from you get MLS home. as a whole this week. Yeah. Um, one. Almost has been an hour already. Oh my goodness! Just keep going. Um, <laughs> so one one thing is with the how do we feel about the Don Garber sending out a memo to the league to stop leaking things to the Athletic that promptly got leaked to the Athletic? Like who does this guy think he is? I, the commissioner listen, of the I league? Stuff like up with Reuter, so I I dropped that one for him. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> okay, Chuck, your second question? Um the playing in Orlando. Mm -hmm. Um Rick Flair will be there, yes. Well, no, just more um we should probably talk about if that is the the how MLS has to go through as opposed to um, how most other leagues are doing it with at least playing in your empty home stadium. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. I feel like Orlando has, like, the facilities to handle all these MLS teams, and, like, at least Orlando will be seeing some good soccer for once, so, like, that's a positive for them. Yep. Um, but I, I think I'm fine with it. I'm cool with it being, like, you know, tournament style and, you know, all those things. I just... I wouldn't encourage people to try to go down there and hope to see some of this and get a glimpse of mm. these players like in a team environment because 
stay away from Florida? Um, what, what about the fact that um, as of right now, based on how things are going, they, players are not allowed to take their families? Well, that means we're only going to get the center back, Mark McKenzie, and not his dad. So That could be a problem. Uh, I mean, like, I don't get to take my whole family to work every single day. Good. Good. So I'm glad you're comparing those two things. Those are um, yeah, Paulette, yeah. Paulette, last I checked, your work didn't decide that it was going to move you to Orlando and just leave the rest you're of right. your family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paul, right. like, hey, spend the next six months in Orlando and uh, don't take your family. Don't take your non-existent no. family. Um, Listen, guys, the furniture business... Paul, Something else. I, I didn't want to ruin the surprise. I did overnight you a shovel so you could keep digging your grave in the backyard. <laughs> Thank you. My last one broke. Yeah. Oh, it certainly did. Oh, that's a good Animal yeah. Crossing reference, too. <laughs> Can't time travel that one back, baby. Woohoo. This is good. This is good content. I, you know, listen, I think our, our strategy, as always, is waiting until Paul says something so outlandish that it we all just get to kind of line up and tell him how wrong he is. So we've done it, um, which means thank you for listening to Views from the Bridge. Uh, feel free to follow us at the FTV Pod. Um, go check out our design tree. Go, uh, go check out our Ko-Fi. Um, go follow Paul and tell him that he has really terrible opinions and that he should feel bad. You can do that. Oh, thanks. Uh, if you go on the Twitter.com and enter at Katrino93, um, feel free to send all of your hate mail as it relates to this podcast towards that too. And if the club, for whatever reason, dislikes any of our content, they can also direct all of that at the guy that created this podcast. Uh Himself and himself alone, Paul Catrino Jr. at Catrino93 on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Views from the Bridge. Seriously, we could not do this without you guys and, of course, the help of our network and our sponsors. Um, We love being a part of the Beautiful Game Network. Everything from soccer writing, podcasts, and other awesome content you gotta check out bgn at bgn.fm so much great stuff there we want to thank our sponsor roughneck scarves they have every team you can think of from mls to usl and u.s soccer in there as well um custom scarves for your team any group anything you want to do hit them up uh roughneckscarves.com try and outfit your team group or realistically whatever even your podcasts like us in something totally unique for um that's not one of the ni- cookie cutter templates from nike and adidas then maybe you should try out icarus fc where our boy robbie can help you with creating the kit of your dreams at an affordable price let him help you design your new custom kit today at icarusfc.com you can find us lots of places on the internet as well you can listen to the pod on spotify stitcher or wherever you find your podcast to help others find us, subscribe to the show and please leave us a review. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at VFTB Pod. Let us know how we're doing and what you want to hear us talk about. And you can also email us at vftbpod.gmail.com. We love doing this for free, independent of, of you know big networks and things like that. You know We don't have NBC or, or Comcast or the team telling us what to do, and we're keeping it that way. We want to be the guys at the bar that are just kind of talking union that sort of know what they're talking about. Keep that between us. Hey, um, and, and we love your support. We really appreciate the listens and the views and everything's like that. But, 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 if you want to go that extra mile, take that, that really crazy, unnecessary step, the one that makes us freak out all the time, you can check out two things. The first one, pick up some of our merch on Design Tree, dsgntree.com backslash VFTB. We've got the... Kurt and Tanner 2020 shirt, we've got the Skilsenio shirt, we've got the logo shirts, which are beautiful, and hoodies and long sleeves, too. So, you know, winter, heating up in the spring, not as cold, still gonna be chilly a couple times. Go sort yourself out, get some merch. And the other one, if you just want to throw us a couple bucks and be done with it, you can. Ko-fi.com slash VFTBpod. That is K-O-F-I dot com slash VFTBpod.
throw us a couple bucks, buy us around, whatever. We'll be appreciative of you regardless, just for listening. But if you want to go above and beyond, and hey, you know, let us know when you donate. We'll uh, we'll do something for you. We'll we'll uh, we'll throw you some stickers or, or things of that like. Anyway, until next time.